This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. I'm Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Emily Wood from Wellington, Florida. And you're listening to a special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for August 7th, episode 1989. Brought to you today by S Equestrian. Good morning, Horse World. Oh, my God. It's Tuesday. Top-class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different, and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. Well, Emily is back, fortunately, after a little bout with um, some bad food. Yes, we're not going to say what the bad food (laughs) was. Oh, it was sushi. I'm going to say it. Sushi, sushi, sushi. Bad, bad, bad. No, we're not going to because it couldn't possibly be because sushi is so fabulous. (laughs) I love it so much. I'm blaming it on the pickles, damn it. (laughs) Pickles. Yeah, she told me it was so funny because she said, I'm really, really sick. I had pickles and sushi. I said, yeah, pickles are pickled. You probably got sick from the sushi. I'm not not taking it. It was the pickles. I'll never eat pickles again. It'll be fine. It'll never happen again. We're not going to say where you got the sushi from that's that we're gonna yeah it reflects bad on my character i think (laughs) we'll avoid that (laughs) you know the corner gas station is not a good place to get sushi you know that right i know really i mean now i know so like it wasn't the sushi it was the location so well emily is here the first tuesday of every month talking about jumping and all things related and today we have uh tell us tell us about the guests that you have lined up for today Yeah, today uh, we had, which I think is going to be really fun to hear from Andrea, who has Dream Believer Stables as a big uh, lesson program here in Wellington. So you think normally of Wellington for your your big high-end showing, but she's going to give us a how-to and etiquette for rider and trainer. And then our second guest, we're doing it a little bit differently. Normally I answer the listener questions myself, but thought it would be really fun to have another horse trainer, who's Sarah Watson from Watson Equestrian, to run through these listener questions. And before we get started with all of that, I have to remind everybody that tomorrow is a special anniversary episode here on Horses in the Morning. It is our 10th anniversary tomorrow of the Horse Radio Network. We have have episode 2000 coming up where we're going to have a little party for for Horses in the Morning. But tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about the Horse Radio Network and the beginning and and things along the way. And Emily, I have to thank you for, for being part of Horses in the Morning for so long. Do you realize you're at almost three years. I know. I was telling somebody else that the other day. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I love it. I'm so, so grateful that that we met there at the trade show that year. And this has been so fun. Well, people uh, want to hear how I met the co-host and that's how we met. We met at Ada, by the way, we are going to Ada this weekend. So we'll be back there. Oh, but, really? Yeah. We met at Ada. She was one of the vendors there and uh, we just hit it off. Uh, and you we came over fun. and did an interview, right? 
I did. We did the interview. And then um, I don't remember if it was, I think it was the next year that we deployed the airbag vest. That was oh, also very that's fun. Right. You had co-hosted with me. And <laughs> yeah. that's what, after that is when I said, oh, we got to have her. We got to do something with her because she's just got the personality for this. Uh, and, you know, so people ask me how I pick co-hosts. It's because you can tell. You just know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like finding a horse. You know. It's, you know if exactly. You're, you also know that it's when not the right one if you really want to be honest with yourself and get over how cute it is. Um, you also know it's hard. not the right horse. And if you think with your head and not your heart, then you don't buy that one. Um, but, you know. Who it was does this, that? <laughs> <it's> this, <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> three quarters of the audience. Oh, um, <laughs> and I have two. <clears throat> I'm oh, guilty of that as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah, you thank you for, for being a part of it. Thanks to S-Equestrian for sponsoring the show for so long. It's been so so much fun having you guys. And, you know, one of the – Helene and I were talking on Episode 500 of the Stable Scoop show, which comes out tomorrow. And, of course, Stable Scoop was the first show we did on the network, August 8, 2008. And wow. she asked me what was the thing that I think – what's the coolest thing that's come out of – doing all the shows. And I said, you know what? It's the friendships we made. We've made such good, and you, you know, you obviously included in that. We've become good friends. We're like brother, sister. It's and, so true. And it's, it's the friendships. It's all, you know, all of the people that we've gotten to know, all of our guests, but you know, for us, it's our sponsors and, and our co-hosts who we work with all the time. But you and I become friends. I mean, we hang out when I come down there. It's, it's Oh, I know. It's just, I bring you to work with me. Yes, that's true. My other she job. Does. <laughs> This she is does. my friend Glenn. He's going to stand here and tell you if the horses look too fresh. <laughs> Which 95% of them do. Uh, I know. <laughs> the rodeo, always. And I'm watching going, what, you do this for a living, Emily? <laughs> oh, I know. And I'm saying the same thing. What am I doing? Uh, but no, we've had no, a blast. I, agree with you. I love, this has just been such a great, uh, great experience. Love it. Well, thank Always. you for doing it. I hope we get to do it for another three or 10 or 30 years, whatever it I is. Know. Always. Uh, I hope to retire at some point, but, you know. Another yeah. 10, anyway. We, we'll hang around another 10. Then you can take yeah. over. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you got to get it all organized for me, because okay. you know me and technology. I don't that's, know if I'm really the person. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to have the computers crashing in every corner. So it's been, we've jumped a lot of jumps over the last three we years. Have. And, and we and it's been a blast. It's been a, a lot of fun. Well, we're going to get to our first guest today and go right into it. Tell us a little bit about our first guest. Okay, we have our first guest on the show, Andrea from Dream Believer Farms. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Hi, how are you? It's Dream Believer Stables. But stables. Hi. <laughs> I saw it as I was saying it. I was like, wait, I'm farm. You're stables. Dreambelieverstables.com. You can check it out online. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it was so hard to, for us to connect. Both of us are living crazy, of course, doing horses professionally. And we we're like phone tag, like, you know, all week. <laughs> so I'm so glad we're able to put it, pull it together here and get you on. Awesome. Me too. I'm glad, glad it worked out. And you know, we actually, I got sort of the idea from a mutual friend of ours to have you on. And I think it's funny that we haven't even actually met and we live in the same town and you've been here for a long time, uh, running your farm, uh, quite a successful lesson program actually with lease and sales and everything. Can you give us a little background on that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. We've been in um, Wellington for about 18 years now, give or take, um, you know, to start it out with, you know, after I had done some traveling and that kind of thing, um, broke some horses um, up in Georgia. And when I decided I was going to open my own farm, I, I knew what I wanted to do, which was definitely the riding school. Uh, I kind of have a niche for, you know, young riders or, you know, maybe somebody who had a little, you know, 
fall off a horse or that kind of thing and just needed some confidence boosting. Um, it just kind of grew from there. So, yeah. Which I love on your, you all can go on the website, dreambeliverstables.com, like we said, and you can see, um, you know, that sort of tone with your training and teaching, you know, no pressure to show, you know, you're really trying to develop a partnership, get people's goals accomplished, whatever they, they may be, if it's at home or going to the show, which I love. And that's kind of why I thought it would be so great for you to, to help us kind of, a lot of people are discussing etiquette these days, whether it's employing, uh, you know, employees or, or trainer etiquette to trainer, you know, all of this. But for you, you started with the the way that your your farm runs. You've started so many young people and just new people to the sport and also had to help them take the steps and go through the different phases. And from all that experience, you know, you can really give some insight on some sort of etiquette of, say, the rider, whether you want to call the person a client if they don't have a horse or however they start getting through these different phases. Because you have, what did you say, 18, 18 years of experience? Yeah, just, I mean, answering believer stables, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at our farm, yeah. At your farm, yeah. Uh, And and you're there uh, in Wellington, which is also very interesting um, to have that sort of, like, rubbing shoulders with that top showing sort of crowd, people that are doing that grind, and and you're you're bringing them along, you know, you're you're getting them started, and and school horses, and and maybe first lease horses um, for... Long time, and you still sound like you like it, which I like. <laughs> you don't sound totally. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, I really, I really do. I really enjoy. You know, I think I get as much out of you know the training as the kids do. You know, when they or or students, I should say, because like, they're not all kids, but predominantly for for our farm. Um, but yeah, when I have my riders and they just make that next level, um, I was really cute. I actually got a, a picture from one of my students today. He's a, a male adult, and um, we had just done some jumping on Saturday, and he had screenshotted from his little video and sent me the picture of him jumping over, you know, one of his first jumps. And, you know, the fact that he sent that to me just really meant a lot to me. It was really special. So yeah, yeah, and and it's so important to be passionate about that, you know, whatever it is that you're doing for sure. I had a blast chatting with you the other day on the phone because I could hear it, you know, and I feel that way about training young horses and, you know, other things. But when you have that passion, you know, you are invested and you, you put everything into it. And I think that's really appreciated. Um, obviously when you get little texts and things like that. So, I mean, kind of, and, and that's why you're going to be so great to walk us through this. If you're a new, new, new client, a child, adult, whatever you're coming into riding, you know, how do you, or maybe you do another discipline, uh, and you want to get, get into, you know, jumping. Um, how do you kind of recommend that that person go through what steps do they go and just pick a barn and jump head first in and stay there? Do you think they kind of go and take some lessons around at different places, you know, start us at the beginning there, yeah, you know, yeah, I, you know, I gotta say when, when, when people come to me, I actually like it when they have gone somewhere else first, um, whether that be a horse show, we're so fortunate in our area, we have horse shows year round, maybe, you know, I mean, all throughout the summer and everything, when it's 100 degrees, we still have people competing. And so I think if you, you know, step by a horse show and just kind of look at it and go, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. And it doesn't necessarily have to be hunter jumpers. I mean, that's what we focus on. Um, but we also have like barrel shows and, you know, dressage shows and different disciplines as well. So if it's hunter jumpers, I mean, you know, just kind of Google where the shows are in your area and maybe just go around and just, you know, I would say know your goals. If it's just a pleasure ride, if it's maybe in the long term, even showing, um, go kind of go, go around and look. There's so, there's so many opportunities in Wellington, at least. And I know there is, um, as well throughout the country, but you know, just go in and check it out and, and kind of look and see who has the nicest turned out horses, who is interacting with their clients and their students the best, you know, who has what 
you're looking for. I would definitely say like look for cleanliness and um, the turnout of the students versus the horses. And that might be a little hard for somebody, but you, know, you can kind of see who, who's geared towards what you're looking for just by doing that step first. Andrea, and then, yeah, uh, Andrea I mean, we had a big barn yeah. stable and, and been around a lot of barns. And, and I always said, trust your gut. When you walk into a barn, every barn has a feel. You can feel ne- negativity. You can hear, you just listen to everything going on in the barn. And if your gut tells you that's not the barn, walk out. I don't care whether you think it's a good deal or not, your gut will tell you every barn has a feel. And Emily and I have been to a few barns together, and we've always found that, haven't we, Emily? Every barn has a feel. Oh, for sure. We loved McLean's barn. Yeah, that was 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 a good feel. That was the favorite feel. Yeah, (laughs) when I took myself. (laughs) (laughs) But but trust that. It really is true. Very, very true. Yeah. And and you don't have to be, you know, totally educated in whatever it is that you're deciding to endeavor on to to see those things. You're like exactly like Glenn's saying. I mean, you can just feel it. Um, so so that's yeah. good. So people kind of need, you know, to, to know more or less where they, where they want to go. Kind of some some goals per se. If they're going to be a show writer, they're going to be a, a lessener or, or whatever. So they can have at least. And sometimes people change. You know, they decide, never mind, I don't want to do dressage. I want to do that, but, but you, I guess can help them along the way. And so, and so then from there, do they kind of like maybe try a couple or, or you think just kind of jump in? Like if, if you've had someone go to one or two and you think you're having a couple good lessons at your farm with the client, you know, is that sort of like a commitment, like they're staying, you think, um, or, or they should, or there should be yeah, those I- conversations. Yeah, no, I mean, I've had clients that do both. Predominantly when, when a new rider starts, they don't really have a clue what they're doing. But as long as they're vibing with their trainer and, you know, there's no negativity and you're progressing, then you kind of know you have the right fit in my mind. Okay. Um, it's once, you know, you start to feel some kind of negative vibe or, um, you know, you're not getting the goals accomplished that you had originally set out to do, then that's maybe when you need to look and, and start thinking about making a change. And for sort of the progression of the rider um, as they're growing, you know, obviously their goals are going to get loftier, but who would you say is really responsible for, for driving towards those goals? So once they're laid out is the trainer you think is appropriate to kind of be pushing and, and, and pushing towards that goal. Or do you kind of allow, for example, like we were chatted the other day about like first lease horse or someone wants to do a half lease or something like this. Do you think you kind of let them steer the way or, or do you do you guide and help and, and to what degree? No, your trainer should absolutely be helping you to, to accomplish your goal. So if your trainer approaches you and says, you know, it's time to kind of step up, you know, you, if you want to progress to go farther along and then it's kind of time for that rider and, and, and their parents potentially, or whoever is their financial backing to kind of make those decisions to say, okay, you know what, it's time that we either buy a horse or we at least lease a horse. If you know your, if your goals are to do, you know, upper level shows or that kind of thing, you guys need to start thinking about that at some point in time. And that's going to differ from rider to rider. Well, and then it's, it's so important for the trainer too, really. I mean, we're, we're focusing on the clients, but the trainers really need to be, um, okay and appropriate with what they what their goals were as a trainer, you know, like, where does that fit in? I mean, if your goal is to, is to train hunters and somebody wants to come in and they would like a jumper, you know, don't all of a sudden start doing jumpers, you know, that there should be some transparency back and forth there, which is going to help people grow and less bad energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if, if it's one thing that, you know, they, they don't provide the services, 
there's, you know, um, we actually have like a small network that we kind of work with. And if you are not accomplishing what you want to, because it's a different, you know, discipline or whatever it is, and we can actually refer you out to make those goals and those changes as you need to. So it's something that you guys should really be talking about. It should be open. And, um, and, you know, I'm, I think a lot of times people are worried about what the trainer is going to say or what the client's going to say, or, you know, the loss of that client. But you know what? I mean, honestly, you just have to, the goal is to really keep everybody happy in the sport. I mean, it, it can be, it can be kind of cutthroat. And so as long as you guys are open with each other, I mean, there doesn't have to be negativity, you know, as far as that kind of stuff, you just have to be open with each other. And so that way everybody can accomplish what they need to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and what would be your suggestion, you know, to the trainers out there who want to uh, help facilitate maybe the next step or they feel that, that maybe they're not the right fit, you know, how, how should they go about that? Bring it up and, and say, like we had chatted the other day. I mean, I, I was given away when I was 12 from my childhood trainer. And I, I cried. I was like, I'm going to go to the Olympics at a Twin Lakes farm, you know? And everyone's like, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> it's not happening. Um, and no, so no, I was spared I that. It, but Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that we need to be networking as trainers. I mean, we need to go, okay, here's, you know, what where we're going to be working at. And these are the shows that we're going to be going to. And this is the riding program and what we focus on. And I think we need to be able to kind of be open to say, okay, it's time for this rider to move on and, and not be so afraid that we're going to lose a client, but, you know, gain the relationships with each other, you know, as far as trainers go, because that really should be something that should be open-ended as far as us goes. That's our responsibility as horsemen, you know, to kind of, to, to pass each other along. And when, you know, you're not accomplishing something with someone, whether that's a horse or a rider, um, you know, really just, we should really be networking better. Yeah, no, I, I agree totally. I, I do le- fewer clients these days now. I mean, I did have a large client operation uh, ages ago, but um, now it's mainly sales horses and young horses. And like, same thing, you know, like if a horse is not working out in your program or you're kind of maybe needed a fresh set of eyes, like why wouldn't you, why should it, it should be so much more frequent that you can just pick up the phone and be like, Hey, you know, the source is a little hot, you know, for my program, I prefer, you know, a different type, whatever it's a little careful, whatever it is and, and pass the horse along as well, because it is, it's relationships. There should be a network. And like nobody, most people are kind of lifers in the sport. Even if they start riding, like a lot of my friends at this age now, I'm 35, they well, will be in a few weeks, but they stopped riding, you know, pursued uh, professional careers, you know, nine to five jobs. And then like, now they're back, like people come back, like the, the relationships are, are pretty long standing. And obviously if you're a trainer, you know, we're all we're all standing there together, but, but that would be, that would be my hope too. And, and as from your sort of experience and, and all the volume that you've done, how feasible do you think that is to find in trainers, you know, as people are looking, I mean, they're all over the country, but, um, but do you think that that's really, I mean, that's a, that's a selling point. That's kind of like huge to have that transparency with it's your sh- Yeah. Yeah. No, it should be, it should be readily available. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I have developed my own network. Um, where I go to people and I trust and I want to go buy horses and when I need to send a client on, I mean, I have my few that I start with always because, you know, they, they have always been completely honest with me and they know exactly what I'm looking for and that kind of thing. When I describe a rider to them, um, you know, the horses can come like that. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, they're willing to take them back or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it should definitely be a little bit um, more available to us. And that really just, be, that, that's, that, the sense from us, you know, I mean, we, we have that responsibility. So that, that really comes from us. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And, and th- those are probably like some of those initial things that you're picking up with. Yes. We're looking at horse care turnout, you know, 
How is the barn kept? These are all things we're evaluating a new barn, but that's a really big deal too, you know, for the trainer to, to present that attitude. Well, we shop a network really, you know, it can't just be when you have that, those super competitive barns, we all know them. And it's like, everything's like a fight, you know, everything's some sort of, if a, if a, a student leaves to go ride somewhere else, it's a better fit that students, you know, not, you're not allowed to talk to those people or, you know, they're like bad people or something. And you're like, it's not, you know, everyone's just trying to find where they fit in, you know, get, get the right fit for them, their horse. And, and, and that, that would be ideal. Um, for sure. And, and with all your experience, you're, you're, uh, you would know because that's what you're doing for 18 years here. You're taking new people, new students, you know, letting them go one step at a time. Yeah, it's I really got, good. So I have a follow-up question to that is you think it's getting better than it was 20 years ago, the cutthroatedness, or is it about the same? Either one of you. Um, I would <laughs> actually say challenge worse. that. I would actually probably say it's a little worse. <laughs> is yeah. it? Yeah. I think, I think that we, I think that a lot of times in this industry, we have these big, huge cycles that are, you know, kind of waves of ups and highs where we're all kind of financially doing well. And then we have the lows where we're all kind of financially struggling. I actually compare it to the house market a lot. If houses are selling and popping off, then usually horses are selling and popping off. Um, Mm. And so when we get into those little lulls, I think we kind of grasp onto our clients a little bit more sometimes. And, um, and then it's a little bit harder for us to, to do right by them or their horses or whatever that scenario may be. And so I do find it a little bit more cutthroat now. Um, where, you know, we should be doing the opposite so that way we're growing our industry instead of hanging on to what we have, um, you know, finding the, the next level. Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, for sure. And, and then that, that's a win for everybody. Maybe not the short-term financial of losing a client, but, but the relationships. You know, you send somebody off and they're off doing something different than what you did or do offer, but you started them and it's good between you and the other trainer, all of it. It's interesting, yeah, too. I, as I, I got to say, when I yeah. watch... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I just, I love when I go to the arena and I see my riders doing better than when I, when I left off, you know, and I can say, I started that one. You know, I mean, that's such a, that's a high for me when I can look out there and praise them and go, I put that foundation on that rider. I put that foundation on that horse. I mean, that's something that I, I take pride in. So if somebody else is doing better with them, that's great. That just means that I did my job, you know? They graduated elementary and high school. Now they're in college. Uh, yeah. And, no, I feel that yeah, way with yeah. horses too. People are always like, oh, it's such a bummer. You know, like, like I was telling Glenn tomorrow, I've got a huge trial for the big horse that I'm trying to step up and do the 150s, this next circuit, 145, 150, kind of bounce back and forth, whatever, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'll be real sad to see him go, but like, it's awesome. Like if somebody buys that horse and he goes to like a world cup final or something, you know what I mean? Like, how cool is that? Like I how rode him. Yeah. was you know, 10 or 11, you know, I, 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 I agree with you a hundred percent. I feel that way. And it's a shame because you don't really see that so so much anymore i think and maybe it's related to the passion yeah 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 so we so we just we just have to get better about that and just be like okay well we did our job and now it's you know it's just time for yeah. the next one whatever that whatever that next one is yeah for yeah sure. and i would encourage people to, to be able to speak with their trainers don't feel like it's a taboo subject if you say you know do you think maybe we need a little something different or what do you think bring people into it rather than everybody kind of drawing a line in the sand and and breaking French, uh, relationships over it is unnecessary. Um, for sure. Yeah, but for sure. Well, you guys can check out dreambelieverstables.com. Andrea has got a lovely business here. You can see all about it. Lessons and boarding. If you're ever in Wellington, you want to pop over, you have school horses, right? A good, a good collection. You said we do. We have 13 in our program currently 13. anywhere so- from beginner to three foot. <laughs> 
So you can get in there and you can definitely have a lesson, feel it out, you know, see. I could even go over there, Emily. You could go there, exactly. When you <laughs> Come on over. Of, of 13 horses, there will be one for you, uh, for sure. But, but you guys check it out. So thank you so much, Andrea, for your time. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks to Andrea for joining us. And before we get to our next section where we answer listener emails all about the world of jumping, I just wanted to say what was what, in regards to what Andrea was talking about. I see so many people that are so intimidated by their instructors that it's not going well and they're too scared to leave. And I don't think that's good either. I think that no. if you're not having a good relationship with your instructor, just like girlfriends and boyfriends and everything else when you're dating, there's another one out there uh, that would that you might have a better relationship with. If your car's not working out, you get rid of your car, right? So if you, I have oh, had a few sure. lemons in my lifetime in cars. Um, I had a, you know, I had a fiance that didn't work out once too. Uh, got rid of her. So, and, now, and then I ended up with the good one. So, you know, it's... You can switch. And I know that seems tough at the time because you've spent how many, however long with that person. But if it's soured, if it's not become a good relationship and you're not comfortable with it, get out and find a new one. I don't know That's if you so disagree true. with that or agree, uh, but I know that I'm, t- I'm on f- thin ice here talking about no, this. No, you, you really have to. I mean, as, and it is so much in life is about relationships. If you don't have a good relationship with your trainer and it's not transparent, you know, to, to what they can offer to what you, we, we, what the goals are of the client. I mean, all of it. Yeah. There's, and, and you need to not tiptoe around it. And you if know, you're just, a teenager and you talk to your parents and tell them the honest to God truth about what's going on, mm-hmm. um, you need to do that. It's, and you know, this, I think this becomes all, and I'm not really talking about this, but it relates, you know, the whole Me Too movement. You, you know, if it, it may not even be that, but you're just not comfortable for whatever reason, whatever's happening. Um, with and that's that valid. Trend, yeah, you need to go talk to somebody about it, you know, and, and you need to talk to your parents first. But, totally. And, and there's, you know, yes, it's going to be hard because a lot of times you're leaving your friends behind that are there. But guess what? Just like everything else, you're going to find new friends. Um, yep. but, and, and also, just like the rest of your life, that's going to happen. You're going to get a job. You're going to make all these friends and you're going to leave the job or get fired you're or whatever. Cross, life is going to be hard. <laughs> well, but you're going to find <laughs> new friends all the way across so through your true. life. And the old friends that were true to your friends are still going to be your friends. They're so. still your friends. Yeah, I've got that exact same thing with my barn that I left. I was saying, uh, you know, when I was 12, I was given away. I'm so close with those girls still. You know, okay, we're older and it's a lot on Facebook, shooting a message back here and there. Um, But yeah, those are lifelong friendships, if they're quality. And and it doesn't matter where you are. Our two oldest friends were boarders of ours 30 years ago. And they were boarders of ours. We had a blast with them. We still travel with them. We're going to Ireland with them next year. You know, and they're 30 years ago. So. some, you know, if so they're meant, the master at relationships, what's if they're okay. meant to be your friends, they're meant to be your friends. Um, so you know, don't be afraid to move, is all I'm saying. And agreed, and good that we don't have a lot of professional trainers listening to the show. <laughs> I know, really, professional <laughs> suicide run from your barns, people. <laughs> so, if you don't like it, just leave. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, come on, and, and you should, and it shouldn't be taboo. You should talk about it. I'm not sure this is well, a thing. Well, you've or, seen it. You've seen it with kids, especially who are too afraid to yeah. say anything, and you're, yeah. they're scared. And or maybe they don't know they, they need help taking the next step. They know there's some things that they don't like. Maybe they don't know that that means that they need to actually find a different well, situation. And, and there also is things that you know, just because your trainer's telling you to do it and it's hard, that is one thing. 
Okay. Um, right. That's going to happen with the next trainer too. Just because it's hard doesn't mean you leave. Um, but, you know, <laughs> right. if, if there's, a per, <laughs> if there's something going on that's just fishy, okay, then it's time. Or you just don't mesh. I mean, it yeah. happens with teachers too, right? When you're in school, there's that oh, yeah. semester you have the jerk and you're just never going to get along and he hates you. Um, yeah. And you just got to get through the semester. <laughs> so, yeah, um, no, for sure. It's personality a lot too. And you just had a whole line of equestrian clothing open in a new store that took over up in New York. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're so excited. Monica Rauschenbach has Rauschenbach bought TAC. Um, I post their posts on my Facebook periodically now. They have been carrying the line for, for a few years, but they are now really showcasing the line. You can really get pretty much everything in the store, which is previously, you know, you didn't know what inventory people were going to have. They carry the entire line. And they have now a permanent location up at Saugerties. If you've been to the showgrounds, they've got Vendor Row. And then there used to be a very large, I mean, the structure is still there, but it's where Bevel's was. And it's like a little sort of like, in, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, prime location. It's not in all of the other vendors. It kind of stands by itself next to the food court. It's awesome. And so Monica took that over. It's absolutely stunning. She's done a little seating area, a bar area. She does a very unique thing too, where she has a running um, sales uh, list of uh, uh, like sort of like, you know, roster of horses that are playing on her flat screen TV that's in the store. It's really beautiful. Y'all got to check it out. Um, and so you can get sales horses there. Uh, I don't know what they charge to for that sort of ad service, but that's like super slick, well, that's smart cool. idea. That's a that sm- neat. That's thinking outside yeah. the box. Totally. Yeah. And, and so a lot of people are coming. There's a little bar area outside. It's absolutely beautiful. And and Saugerties is such a great place to be in the summer. So we are very fortunate. And she is showcasing the shirts, the jackets. You can pr- uh, place custom orders. So that has been awesome. And her daughter Maddie uh, Rauschenbach is a very good little ju- uh, jumper rider. And she's been winning a lot and she wears the line. So that's awesome. You know, all goes together and there's all kind of cute new colors. You guys have to check out the jackets. I mean, some people are, are too traditional and boring for the different colors, but you should, you <laughs> should try them on anyway and you should branch out because we have all kind of new fun ones now. Where can everybody else find the Yes Equestrian line? So if you want to shop online, it is ECE Equestrian. Uh, we just changed it. ECEEquestrianco.com. And the whole line is there with the jackets and then also the IHSA shirts, all the custom orders, and you can get all the info there. And actually links to this radio show. You can get everything there. And it's sequestrianco.com is where you can Correct. find it. All you right. can find it. Very good. Well, we have Sarah coming up next, who's been on the show a couple of times before. And she's going to help answer a lot. <laughs> you got a lot of listener questions this time. Which so I love. We're going to try and run through all of those and, and see what we can do with those. Okay, we have our next guest, Sarah Watson from Watson Equestrian, LLC. That's watsonequestrian.com. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. Welcome back. Exactly. I know. Once we set this up, I was like, wait a minute. She should be coming on way more frequently because she's fun and smart and has, we just have a good time anyway. I mean, all of those great things. But but yeah, this is perfect because I thought uh, today, which we do a little differently, normally I do uh, answer all the listener questions myself, but to have another super capable trainer here doing hunters as well, I thought that would be super fun for us. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, you're welcome. Do you, I had, I pulled up your website, by the way. Did you redo it? It looks beautiful. Oh, thank you. Uh, I probably made some changes. Some changes? 
All right. Well, it looks pretty it's good. Been, it's been a crazy whirlwind summer. It's like when I get to stuff like that, I get to it. And sometimes I forget that I even did it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know you've been traveling a lot and showing. You're, you're in Colorado, based in, in Colorado with a, a pretty decent sized business, right? Been there for quite a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Business is growing too, which is always great. That's what it looks like. Every time I'm, I'm uh, on Facebook, <laughs> I see, I'm like, wow, she's back. She's showing. She's got ponies, hunters, clients. People are winning ribbons. <laughs> Like it does. You've got a lot going on. Yeah. It's good though. It's good though. Yeah. But you get tired. And I, I saw, um, you got white legs like mine cause you've been working too hard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went to the beach. And <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I know. I saw that picture. I was like, yeah, that's the problem. When you go out in public <laughs> with other people who do not do horses, they're like, what is wrong with your legs? Why are they so white? They didn't even know, you know, that they could be. I was that. like, I was pretending I was powder from that movie, you know. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, it's impressive. <laughs> I, me too. I mean, and I'm in Florida. I have no excuse. Um, but, but yeah. So that that's fun though to to see you doing so well. I mean, you've been out there. You grew up in Connecticut under a bunch of different top trainers and and showing and all that, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, was it Fairfield? Uh, right. Um, I was around in in that area. In that yeah. area, yeah. But not at Fairfield, yeah. Oh, you were at uh, <laughs> Janie Weber. Uh, yep, Star. yep. Started out at Janie Weber's and then was with my trainers, broke off and did their own thing, Breakaway Farm, and then cool. kind of played around with a bunch of different people for a little while and eventually came out to Colorado about 10 and a half years ago. Wow, I didn't realize it was that long. That's awesome. That, that's great. Yeah. In an area and you've got the, ho- the horse park there. You've got a pretty decent hunter-jumper community. Um, that's good. Lots yeah, that horse park really saves us out here. Allows us not to all have to travel so far. Yeah, yeah, no, and and it's it's absolutely beautiful. I showed there ages ago uh, when I had the business in Texas. Um, I just loved it, and I know they've done all kind of uh, improvements since then. It looks amazing. Yeah, sure. The footing too is the footing pretty good out there. Yeah, it's the same stuff they use in Florida. Okay. It's just that you know it's dry out here, so we have to water it a lot more than you guys do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. The water is really tricky down here. You want it to be just perfect and you leave the sprinklers on and then it like monsoons and okay, don't leave the sprinklers on tomorrow. But well, that's good. So what you guys can keep up with Sarah on Facebook too, uh, Watson equestrian, uh, and see all the little things that are going on. And if you're shopping or you do, I know you do some European trips as well. Definitely. Uh, give Sarah a, a message, shoot her a little message or something. Because uh, I, I see all the ones that you're you're buying and selling too. They're just really really beautiful hunter types, all of them. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and you have to come to Wellington uh, this winter. Those I know the- that's on my radar. I'm really going to make an effort. Okay, good. <laughs> A strong one. Um, okay, so we're going to do, we'll get right into these listener questions, um, which I love. Um, it's fun. They've getting they've been kind of like coming in a little more and more and. Uh, uh, different, different style questions and everything, but let's, let's see what we can do here. If we can, we can help out some horses, some training. Um, yeah, yeah. do you have them too, Sarah, right? Do you want me to just run, roll through them? And cause I mean, yeah, I don't discriminate yeah. against questions. I like all of them. So <laughs> I was just going to kind of yeah, go through the go list. I don't have yeah. them in front of me, but that's fine. <laughs> all right. So we have Tara Tibbetts when riding, showing, when, Riding showing my older horse, I would often get ahead of him and lean. I'm now riding a young, very talented horse and more often than not get left behind. What can I practice to better stay with her but not lean? Always the problem. So hard. 
Um, well, and, and so you do uh, a, a pretty big group of adult amateurs, so that you're going to be do, great yeah. at these exercises. What What do you all do? Um, I like to have a lot of my clients just like work on cantering over a pole on the ground and try to figure out your timing, and then always, always, always remember leg before body. And if you have, you're squeezing with your leg off the ground over the jump, then your body follows. If you're squeezing your leg and then not moving your body, you're going to get left behind. If you're throwing your body and not using your leg, you're going to jump ahead. So leg before body. And, and so like when, if you put a single pole, like what do you instruct them to kind of just eat, you know, just naturally canter over the pole, not do too much of anything if it's a pole, right? Yeah, just naturally canter over the pole and, um, I don't know. I'm a pretty firm believer of you can't see a distance, but you feel a distance. Um, so if you have a really good canner, you want to start with that and then start counting. Um, I personally like to count one, two. So I'll canner around the ring counting one, two, one, two. Doesn't matter if you leave the ground at one, doesn't matter if you leave the ground at two, but it just helps the rider establish a better feel of the canners. They can judge then how far away they are from the jump and allow themselves to follow. Yeah, that is those. And those are really good. I, we have uh, at the one place that I, I ride a bunch of horses each day. Um, we always have tons of Cavaletti set up and, and amongst the course like that. And okay, these are older show horses yeah. and we're, we're trying, you know, continuing their education. So it's more technical, but, but even that, even over, say a Cavaletti and then you can do your one, two with a number of strides to say like another one, or if it was more experienced rider and horse to bounce or something like that so that you can, or even with rails, but, but I think maybe the, the bounce, do you ever do the nine foot placing rail for a bounce on the poles? Oh, I sure do. Yeah. I use that usually more for the horse and the rider though. So in terms yeah. of this question, just really thinking about feeling the canner that you have, so then you kind of have a better idea of where you are when the jump comes up. Yeah, no, that's great. And then you would progress to a single jump or how would you take it to, uh, to getting them? I, cause yeah, I think what build, she's saying, huh? build that Cavaletti up to a jump. Just keep raising yeah. your height and remembering that you're going to leave further away, the higher the jump gets. Yeah. And, and also too, I have to say, I don't know uh, exactly the source, um, you know, what, if it's a hot four doors jumper type, whatever, but I mean, on those babies, <clears throat> excuse me, it is, um, you know, kind of, it's safer. Well, we'll say that if we can stay in the back seat a little bit. Um, so it's not the end of the world and then you can start, you know, learning, you know, how to stay with them. But, but I like that. Just yeah, start with sit the, in the back of the saddle, sit on the cancel. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. No leaning. It's all about survival. And that we all get like that on the older ones. I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like jumping up the neck. Like, what am I doing? Like, just because I can't. Yeah, exactly. I, it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Well, so try that then, Tara. Start with the pole and try to keep the balance. All right. Next one is Jill Black Eckies. How about getting an old jumper back into shape after four years of not jumping due to injuries, not due to injuries, but just that the owner used them for mainly trail and endurance. Now the pony is just getting back to work after hanging out in a pasture, getting chubby. <laughs> Happy chubby. Um, that's, you know what? I mean, I, I do a lot of walking, just even starting walking. I mean, how do you start getting them back in shape? 
Well, it sounds like this horse probably was already, it's probably fairly fit if it was doing some endurance stuff. So the fitness is probably not too much of an issue. But yeah, I mean, just start by, again, cantering a pole to a Cavaletti, make it an X, make it a vertical. And just every day in your flat work, <clears throat> canter over something. Yeah, little stuff, <laughs> low impact repetition. Little tiny Cavaletti gymnastics, that kind of stuff. It really helps strengthen the hind end so that when you start putting the jumps up, they can push off from behind a little bit with more strength. Yeah, and keeping them straight too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because if he hasn't been jumping and he's maybe he is fit uh, from doing the endurance and trail riding, but yeah, kind of like read that next level of like putting all four feet where they're supposed to be at each time. But it depends on the horse. Yeah, I guess you could do a pole with guide guide uh, lanes also, too. Yeah, just make a little chute. Um, put a pole on the ground on either side, like you're just creating a little tunnel. It'll make the horse to stay straight and give you something to think about as well, where you're just riding in a straight line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because sometimes I feel like that when I'm getting the horses back jumping, they're not, you know, conditioned. Even if they have old old jumper mileage, they they get wiggly because they're not really sucking it all in and holding their gut and staying straight. You know, they they <laughs> pick it back up quickly. But you're like, whoa, you know, this one's getting a little wonky down the line, a little left and right, and and then they do. And so that's that, a good exercise for a young horse also to help with the straightness, so they don't just fishtail wiggle all the way. Down yeah. The yeah, absolutely. And then you could do like the straight lines. I mean, you could even do some bending lines, long ones. Um, yeah, just and, pick up your canner and when there's jumps in the ring, just make them small. And as you're cantering in your flat work, just start jumping stuff. Just keep going. Make yep. Speed bumps in your flat work. Yep. No, for sure. And do you, with those coming back, you said you do yours every day like that? Yeah. I do too. Just little yeah, stuff. It's a jump like, jump like four or two foot. Cavalettis every day. Yeah. It starts to become, you know, a better fitness. Yeah. And you really get the stifles in the back. And they don't get as excited. They're like, yes. oh, it's just a Cavaletti. That's true. And then they're <laughs> like, oh, it's just a jump. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You work your way up. Well, and we don't have uh, hills, obviously, here in Florida. I mean, we have false hills, but uh, <laughs> the that is like so yeah. important. All that Cavaletti and pole work to keep them strong and balanced with no hills Absolutely. like out here i've got tons of trails so i'll take those types of horses out on my trails and go trot up hills yeah her yeah her hills in colorado that, are a little bigger than ours hills. i know yeah, yeah. i think they're mountains <laughs> i think is what i heard but yes <laughs> for sure we don't we don't have anything nothing we have canals you know we can gallop along the canals <clears throat> but hey do you know what the <laughs> highest point in marion county in, in ocala where we live is what the dump Seriously, oh, it's the highest point. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's 700 feet. It's, yeah, it's straight up. You have to go to dump your stuff in the dump. You go drive straight up. It's the only hill we have. It's right there. Oh, my God. That's probably <laughs> too. I mean, we just don't have them. They're not here. Swimming is good. A lot of these polo people down here have swimming moats. So I've gotten into the oh. swimming a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like $25 a swim. Um so I was like, all right, let's start swimming, you know? So we had all the big jumpers in there. I did a, a couple a couple of winters like that, uh, and, and that was super helpful. But if you're not swimming and not hill working, for sure, bounces, cavaletti, poles, repetition. All right. Let's see here. Um, we have uh, Lindsay LaCourcier. When looking at young horses, how do you know if the horse is going to love to jump? What 
else can you do to help the horse continue to love jumping well into the future? So kind of preserve, preserving the good attitude, I guess, you know, eagerness of the, of the jumper. Yeah. I mean, for me, it starts with confirmation. Totally. <laughs> when you're shopping yeah. for a horse, look for that. <laughs> if it's going to be confirmationally able to jump well, um, be, you know, square from its shoulder to its hip. Um, and then just don't overface them. That's how you're going to keep them happy and not sour. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Because I think a lot of them, especially if they're bred to jump, although I've got some dressage converts right now that love to jump as well, but, but they, they want to, you know, they, they go to the jump and they're happy to go over. And if they physically are starting to break down, um, and it's hard for them, then of course they're not going to be happy. Um, and I don't know, I think like coursework is awesome. They love that little different differences in, in the, uh, in the program always, you know, going off grounds, things like this. But I, I think like, I love those trotting gymnastics where you can mm-hmm. work on the shape and the technique and the strength and all this without badgering, you know, over a distance or all yeah, these other things. Absolutely. And for me, even with some of my older ones, I actually do a little bit uh, free jumping on the, on the lunge line or especially like some of my dressage ones that get sent and they don't want to do dressage. And so we teach them to jump and they're a little late to the party. They're like eight or nine, you know, like, all right, buddy, you know, we're just going to start slow here. But I had one that, I mean, was, it was already doing the one thirties inside uh, a year and a half, but I did that with him and, and he seemed to figure it out. Cause that's hard when they make mistakes or the rider make mistakes or the combination of the pair make the mistakes. And then the jump is, is a, a huge exertion and you want to kind of keep that exactly. to a minimum, which I think, you know, you kind of wear them out probably with just consistent coursework. Do you, how much coursework do you do? I don't do a ton. Um, well, we have a course designer that owns our farm. So she builds us a really nice course every couple of months outside. And so it's kind of hard not to just do coursework, but, well, you have um, the clients too that need to prepare. We probably, we probably do gymnastics most of the time, um, or figure eight over a single jump. And then, you know, we probably do coursework, I don't know, twice a week. Yeah. Once a week, depending yeah. on if we're going up to a horse show or not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's about what we do. And then we'll ship off. We have a lot of different places we can ship. Um, people let us ship in a town and, and school and other rings. And, and we do courses when we do that. So, yeah, oh, yeah we're about nice. the same. But, yeah, the, yeah. the gymnastics are, I think, really where it's at. And even those little poses oh, yeah, things. Sure. You know, the, like we were saying mm-hmm. with Cavaletti and all that, it's low impact. And you can get your eye sharp and the balance. And, and the, you have your, the rider and the horse together without just going, 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 going on coursework all the time. Yeah, I mean, we had we had monsooning rain here last week, so we couldn't ride in our outdoor. So we just did gymnastic work all week last week in our indoor. With just trot poles, trotting in, cantering in, just switched it up every day, just down the center line. Yeah, kind of keeping variety. Keep it interesting, for sure. <laughs> all right, well, that's uh, definitely, I think, starts the confirmation, though. Like we're saying, start there. Um, and then you'll at least be off in the right direction. Um, okay. So our next one, this is a good one is for Jennifer Schmidt. What's her favorite exercise drill to help beginners find a distance, which is a little bit building off of kind of our earlier, uh, question. Yeah. Again, I, for me, pulls. feeling the canner, feeling the yeah. distance, counting a rhythm. 
making the jump about a speed bump in your flat work, not about it being a jump that you're heading towards necessarily. Yeah. And like putting them. So like whenever I have a new horse, uh, that I'm getting to know the stride, I'll just, I'll do that with the poles and eventually the Cavaletti. I don't even walk it. Like I just put it out, uh, wherever it is. Yeah. ride it the first time then you're like okay that was a terrible looking five I'm gonna come back and do six <laughs> not five and three quarters and it will be better and but then you can like oh, you I'm know, glad I'm not the only one yeah I, I I mean I get you know just lazy and I feel like it makes me sharper yeah I, I don't walk them I just and then I you know threaten a crash like oh what's that wasn't yeah. right stay on your toes it's coming up fast nope it's already here yeah, well, what are you going to do? But that then you can change the number, and like I'll do the same thing with one on the end, which I think is so hard. Can I change pole, like, who we have answering these questions this morning? I'm just kidding, Emily, just kidding. <laughs> change them? <laughs> Who's going to answer them? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Emily. <laughs> I think I think we're we're doing okay. I mean, we're trying to we're trying to cover all the. Bases. I don't do that. I just wing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically. I thought it was funny though. I was over here laughing. It's basically true. I don't even. I mean, half the stuff I don't walk even in the ring with the uh, with the jumps. I'm just like, well, you know, figure it out. Like it's either short or long, but that's for myself, so that's not really helpful. But well, for you sure, get to helpful. a point in your riding where you can kind of look at a line and know what the number is or at least have a good educated guess based off of your eye yeah you know, like, i'll walk up to a horse show and be like oh i wonder what those lines are and then i can guess then go look at the course chart i'm like oh that's right Woo-hoo. yeah you get to where you or can i was see wrong it. or you were wrong exactly and then you get better though you get better from the wrongness i can see the scanner poles like when i'm on the horse like that one needs to be moved out six inches this one needs to come in mm-hmm. you just you get an eye for it and you get it sharper but but for sure you can you can walk it if you want to do a four five, six, I think one whatever. of the questions that I read was, how do you know it's your horse's stride? So <laughs> you're walking it, but how are you sure that you're walking what equals your horse's stride? I think one of the questions was, I have a shorter coupled horse that I ride, and how do you know? Well, I mean, the the, the stride, I mean, at the horse show, they're going to set it off 12 feet unless you're doing a pony class. Well, you do ponies. What do they set the Ponies, uh, Sarah. Oh. Uh, off our eye. Seeing any ponies right now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm out of the pony game at the moment. You're out. I mean, it's a good, it's a good business. I have two ponies. I just got one qualified for pony finals. Not obviously me riding it, but um, you I know, with the kids. Ponies. I love them. They're super There's cute. Like no ponies in Colorado. Really? It's so sad. Oh. It's like my favorite thing. You should come and ride up some of our ponies. Because I can ride them. Yeah, they're fun. We have a lovely uh, breeder that's been sending us ponies over at my one uh, sales barn that, that I work at. And uh, they're German riding ponies. So they're like, there's like no Welsh. You know, they're they're really yeah. like useful. You know, good old German breeding. They're um, shrunken horses. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're awesome. Like, you don't even need to be lunch. <laughs> like, we just go to the horse show and like, you know, pop a, a catch rider on every time. Um, but, but in, yeah, I mean, I think you have to, if you're showing a horse, you know, you need to walk it off. It's at 12 feet. That's how they're going to set the, the line. So you just, you can do it again with poles and walk off a four stride or five stride line. I do, you know, one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, continuing on. And you add one, uh, human stride to make up for the takeoff and the landing. So then you have, or, you know, an entire 12 foot stride. You walk extra. So if you walk to five, two, three, four, then it's a four stride line. And uh, 
you know, it's just math that's measuring and there's different things you can do to help. Don't you think, uh, Sarah kind of like shrink, uh, either shortening a big horse's stride or lengthening short. Oh yeah. Stride. Oh yeah. You just, it, you know, I like to set up again. I love Cavaletti. So I'll set up like a Cavaletti line that again, maybe I'll walk it. Maybe I won't. I'll <laughs> keep it exciting. It and I'll do five and then I'll do four and then I'll do six and I'll make all the different distances work. And then I think the more you ride your horse and the more you jump different stuff, you get a, you get a good sense of the horse that you're riding underneath you. And you can say, okay, I'm going to the horse show. They set it on a 12 foot stride. My horse struggles at the 12 foot stride. So I'm probably going to add, you know, or my horse does great at the 12 foot stride or it has a bigger step. So then you're going to have to just settle down in line and, you know, hold back a little bit, but practicing adding and subtracting over something small just makes your horse become more flexible and more like an accordion where they can lengthen and shorten and add or leave out. Well, and then like, be your best bet. (laughs) So this one here is for Stephanie Eileen. She says, how does one actually learn to count strides and see distances? I think we're covering the distances, um, a little bit, uh, but, but then the strides, you know, do you do that over pole work when you start your, your clients or do you do a proper jump? It's kind of hard to, to feel if you're, doing a pole like there's it, it's hard to, to yeah, tell I'll where the landing is just like a small cavaletti or like cross rails to start and then um uh, that's usually what i do when i'm riding a new horse too, jump something small so i can figure out what's happening underneath me and then uh sometimes i like the doing cross rail lines like i'll do like or even the trot in gymnastics so you don't have to find a distance you can trot in over the first one and then maybe it's a a one just to work on the rider's balance teeny tiny and then you could walk off like a three stride line or something so that the rider can feel the landing and then count one two three i count with my kids like when i used to do them and and kind of give them the rhythm (laughs) and and you always everybody always counts so i jump with my clients yeah i'm counting and then i jump a little on the side of the (laughs) ring raise his hands i know you gotta you gotta ride it with him sometimes for sure for sure but that's good i mean so those are at least kind of ways like everybody always counts too early they always like count the landing and so you got to wait for the front feet to hit the ground and then you count but it's a timing thing you need to land first yes land (laughs) one two everyone's like exactly um land and on i'm bad like when the jumps get big you know and i don't always do huge like if it's more than like a five or something like i don't really count it messes me up yeah uh and i guess things change so much on course and the jumps are big and the jumpers are hot but uh but yeah i mean you've got to have a, a, a trainer helping you do that on the ground you need eyes on the ground to tell you if you've messed up the landing if you're counting exactly um exactly so let's see here we have uh yeah we kind of covered the strides here i guess this is a short short answer um rebecca hodgetts had asked how important is free jumping youngsters and any tips for doing it successfully uh, with only one person um sarah and i had chatted about that earlier um you know all the all the young horses when they when you get them uh, at least backed have all done it you know in europe um, before, so and, uh, most of the breeders do it. Well, you were, r- worked for a breeder, didn't you, uh, Sarah? Yeah, 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 I worked for a breeder in Vermont. So that, I mean, of course, they were doing it. And we uh, did it then, but I yeah. don't do it now with my horses that have already been broke. I don't yeah. really see a reason to, but that's just me. 
Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's for, you know, you really don't need to at a certain stage. Um, I, I like with some of mine that are coming from different disciplines from the dressage mainly, or they're doing really low jumps and I'm trying to teach them to jump bigger. I do like to do it with, uh, with mine and also just, um, to kind of like work on their eye, especially like the, the kind of like ornery and really hot ones are like, okay, you know, like you yeah. need to also use your eyeballs and look at the jump. You can't just like drag me for the sake of dragging like into every obstacle. So now I'm not there to <laughs> tell you to stop dragging. I'll throw one on a lunge line and set like a, again, a cavaletti that doesn't have standards on it and lunge them over that. Yeah. And they have to kind of figure it out on their own, but I personally don't create shoots or. Yeah. I don't much. We don't, I mean, I leave that one to you. Paul. Well, yeah. I mean, I think they don't all need it, you know, and I do the same thing on the lunge. I'll, if I, if I'm in a normal ring, I can set up a jump and put rails on the standards to make a, you know, an upside down V there so that your line doesn't get caught. Uh, mm-hmm. and then you, you can jump, you can do placing rails. Um, Paul has a nice free jumping shoot, obviously for the babies, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not necessary, but, but you're going to get the same thing out of uh, a line jump, in my opinion, that you are in a free jump. And the nice thing about a line jump is you can switch directions. Whereas when she built that right, shoot, right. that's all she wrote and you're just working the one side <laughs> and the turning is, is valid, but, but yeah, line, line jumping is, is the way to go. I would say on that. Cool. Well, I don't know. Do, am I missing anything, Glenn? Do you see other ones? I'm scrolling through here. I think you got them. I think you got them. So hopefully that's helpful. You all get back to your training. Get those ponies <laughs> jumping, counting strides, all the rest of it. Land! One, two, Exactly. <laughs> that's the big takeaway. Land! Land! That's the thing. Land. And then you'll be on your way. So good luck, people. Uh, do you want to give the website again? Yes. This you all can check in on Sarah at Watson Equestrian. That's W-A-T-S-O-N Equestrian.com. And you're out in Colorado, right, sir? I sure am. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Sarah. Appreciate your help. Thanks for coming on, yeah, Sarah. That thank was fun. You. Cool. Thanks, guys. Okay, talk to you soon, girl. Bye. Well, thank you so much again, Emily, for being on the show all these years and for being a good friend. I really uh, appreciate you. Oh, I love you too, Glenn. <laughs> I really do. And I appreciate you and the show. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to being back many, many more times. Well, find a li- Oh, uh, no sushi before the show next time. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I've never today and tomorrow and the next day, probably no food the way that I was feeling. But after that, it will creep back. There's nothing like food poisoning, too. It's awful. It's like you've been through a war. I'm like the most grateful, happy person in America right now. There's one restaurant where I got the sickest and I'm not going to name what it is, but uh, it's named after a sausage. Uh, So there's one restaurant that we went to 25 years ago in Pennsylvania, and I ate the sausage soup, actually, and it's the first time I'd ever eaten sausage soup in my life. I got so sick. I mean, I was violently ill at the doctor, and we called and complained, and then we found out later that other people had gotten sick, too, but they were kind of denying it. Uh, um, that was before social media, so you couldn't really get on and really let them have it. Um, but then I never ate there again. And we moved here to Florida, and there's one right here, and I like their food. And I said, well, let's try it. I got sick again. Oh, 25 no. years later in a completely different state, I just figured that's an omen. I don't belong there. So, Do not belong there. No, don't ever go back. It's like ever. it's don't like we were talking by. about with the with the trainer. If you're having a personality conflict, I was having a stomach allergy conflict with that particular restaurant. And seriously, yeah, never, the faster you pick up on it, the better. I'm not going back.
back in 25 years either. So. Well, I'm going to get sushi again at a much later date. I'm telling Not you right now. from the corner gas the station? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to try to get it from a classier joint. Was it on the hot dog know? rolling rack? Was it rolling around? Yeah. As I was getting sick, I was like, what is my problem? Like, why did I do that? And then I just really want to blame the pickles, like I said, because that's easy. I can just cut those out. No problem. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. I will remind everybody that our coverage of the Mongol Derby starts tomorrow night, Wednesday night at 8 p.m. It's going to run for six or seven nights until they finish. And that's going to be every night at 8 p.m. Facebook Live on the Horses in the Morning Facebook page. Uh, we, we do that mainly, f- well, for the fans, but also for the families to kind of get together every night and, and commiserate. Um, and we're going to have a lot of help. Uh, Leslie Wiley, of course, who we were following last year, who really I conned into doing the whole thing. Uh, she's going to be joining us for the first couple of nights, and we're going to have some special guests from overseas, and we're just going to be doing daily wrap-up shows and following the dots. So it's a follow-the-dot party uh, starting tomorrow Bye. night. Are you going to ever do that? Are you going to go to Mongolia and... Um, I have been checking out some of the pictures. I'm like, that actually looks kind of fun. I could see you doing that, actually. If it wasn't for the $16,000 to enter. (laughs) Right, exactly. I would have to do a GoFundMe or get a sponsor. (laughs) But I do have a little horse that will not slow down. Oh, Um, then you're used to it. Does he buck? Does she buck, too? She doesn't buck. She's just, there's no end to her. She just goes and goes and goes, and she we joke that she's like an endurance horse because she's a little she's German bred mare, uh, but she just looks like a little you know Arab pony. I've seen um, you ride horses that buck though. You're pretty, you stand pretty good. Yeah, the bucking it's part of the day job for sure. We just we ride through it, and I don't know how because I'm not the you tallest, know that you ride all day, but I think riding the short <laughs> you know the short uh, fifteen minute segments you do would be a, be different than riding for uh, you know twelve hours seven days in a row. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you take me on a, a 30, 40-minute trail ride, and I'm, like, crippled the next day. Like, <laughs> you have to do some working out before you Yeah, so we're going to have to, we got some things to work on. Like, By the way, I did not just challenge app. you. That's how I got Leslie into this mess. So I, I did not I just do that. I feel excited. I'm, I'm gearing up. <laughs> I did not. No, it's not my fault this time. If she had died, I'd have felt really guilty. Oh, All right, God. so... <laughs> So follow uh, Horse Radio Network on Twitter. Also, we don't mention that too often, Horse Radio. And where can you find your website? You see equestrianco.com. Check it out. Or on Facebook, S Equestrian Apparel for all the updates. Very good. We'll see everybody back here tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, for a special 10th anniversary episode of the Horse Radio Network. Yay! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary, ha ha ha, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, I wish to you happy, happy anniversary.